Welcome to Abiding Truth with Pastor Mike Hughes, a radio outreach ministry of Calvary Chapel in Amid, Idaho. Join us as Pastor Mike leads us verse by verse through the Bible and shares with us the impacting truth of God's Word. Be sure to stay tuned until the close of our program to hear about some exciting news and special offers. We'll also tell you how you can obtain a full-length copy of this entire message. And don't forget... You can always catch up on Mike's teaching on our website at ccmit.org. We're currently airing a series on the Holy Spirit titled, The Missing Person. So grab your Bible, turn up the volume, and follow along with us. Here's Pastor Mike. And we are on our third message of The Missing Person, a biblical search for the third person of the Trinity. 1 Corinthians chapter 12. And he says, verse 2, You know that you were Gentiles carried away to these dumb idols, however you were led. Again, you have to remember that the majority of the church in Corinth was Gentile. They were Greeks or Romans. And they worshipped idols, which is dumb to worship idols. To bow down before a statue of any kind, to pray to a statue, to you know, think that there's something behind the statue that you're praying to. He's saying that's dumb. Uh, no, he's not saying that, actually. He's saying they don't speak, you know, and, and statues don't speak, do they? You know, you can't pray to something, but, but God, he's basically saying that was a dumb thing to do by speaking to those because they can't speak, and they definitely don't speak for God. And so he says, therefore, I made no, make known to you that no one speaking by the Spirit of God calls Jesus accursed, and no one can say that Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Spirit. Now, this doesn't mean that people can't utter the phrase, Jesus is Lord, if they don't have the Spirit of God in them. What it means is nobody with the Spirit of God on them is going to curse Jesus. It's, that's not something that's going to come from, from Jesus. And nobody can say in their heart and mean it that Jesus is Lord, except that the Holy Spirit reveals that to them. And, and you remember that when Peter was with Jesus and he says, who do you say that I am? And he says, you are the Christ, the Son of the living God. And then remember what Jesus said to him. He said, flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but the Holy Spirit has revealed this to you. So the Holy Spirit revealed that to Peter. Now, that was one moment. The next moment, Peter said, oh, no, you're not going to go be crucified. And then Jesus says to him, get behind me, Satan. So (laughs) one second, Peter's filled with the Holy Spirit. The next second, you know, get behind me, Satan. As Christians, from the time of Pentecost, the Spirit never departs us. And, and so that's kind of a beautiful thing. That was, that was Matthew chapter 16 when, when that happened. But nobody's going to say that Jesus is cursed except by the Holy Spirit, but nobody can say Jesus is Lord. Nobody can say Jesus is Lord and mean it unless the Spirit of God is in them. And, and so notice what Paul does here, verse 4. He says, There are diversities of gifts, but the same Spirit. There are diversities of ministries, but the same Lord. There are diversities of activities, but the same God who works all in all. What Paul is saying here is is there's a difference between gifts that come to each Christian, and they all come by the same God, by the same Lord, by the same Spirit. And, And again, that's kind of a reference to the Trinity there. You know, usually when we say God, we mean the Father. When we say Lord, we mean Jesus. And when we say the Spirit, we mean the Holy Spirit. And so he's saying that they're all manifesting these gifts. Now, not everybody's going to have the same gift or gifts. And even if they do have the same spiritual gift, it may operate very differently. Not everybody's going to have the same ministry. 
But even if they do have the same ministry, it's going to look very different from one person to the next. And not everyone will do the same activity, yet even the activities that the Spirit produces in us may be different, you know, from one person to the next. And, and so that's what he's kind of trying to say. Now, the reason that he gets into this, and the reason he even says this, is because in the Greek culture, they had Dionysius, they had Hermes, they had all these different gods and goddesses that they worshipped, Diana and Escapuleus, and, you know, there's a myriad of them. And in the Pantheon, if you wanted to party and drink and booze it up, you might worship Bacchus. Or if you wanted money, then you'd worship mammon. Or if you wanted sex, then you'd worship Diana. And so whatever you were into or whatever you felt like your need was, if you wanted a good family, you'd worship Hera. And so all these different gods and goddesses represented a different thing that you might want to have in your life or a different gifting that that god would provide to you. And so a lot of, a lot of Romans would worship all of the gods, but usually they would be loyal to one or the other, depending on what their lusts were in their life. And so they would worship this god or that god primarily, and then beyond that, they would worship the pantheon of gods. And so he's saying here, just because one person has a gift of being a good speaker, or another person has a gift of tongues or whatever, that's not going to differentiate two different gods or different spirits. It's all one spirit. It's all one God. And so that's important for us to understand. So what does it mean? The differences in gifts, which is the word charisma in the Greek, or ministries, which is diakona in the Greek, or activities, which is energema, which is where we get our word energy. What are these different things? Well, these spiritual gifts or spirituals, Paul breaks into these different categories. Gifts, meaning supernatural manifestations, is probably what he's referring to here. What some people would say are the sign gifts, such as wisdom, knowledge, faith, gifts of healings, miracles, prophecies, discerning of spirits, tongues, interpretation of tongues. And then when it comes to ministries... Ministries, diaconia, Ephesians chapter 4 tells us what the ministries are. Apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor, teacher, and, and then in 1 Corinthians it mentions administrators. 1 Peter chapter 4 mentions teaching, or speaking rather. And, and so you have these different groups of ministries. And then he says activities. What are activities? Well, activities are anything that's not supernatural gift and anything that's not an office within the church. And so you have helps, hospitality, giving, mercy, exhortation, evangelism, those types of things. Evangelism outside of the the gift of somebody who's called to be an evangelist. And, And it was important for him to establish that it's the same spirit, the same God who works all these gifts as he, and he distributes them as he wills. Verse 7, but the manifestation of the Spirit is given to each one for the profit of all. And so each person is given a gift or a ministry or an activity so that the whole body of Christ can profit from it, can be benefited from it, can be edified by it. And the word edified means to be built up by it. Now we talked about the three encounters of the Holy Spirit that we have 
when we have a relationship with the Spirit. Three jobs outlined in John chapter 16 that correspond with the three experiences that we have with the Holy Spirit. And remember, he said first that he would convict the world of sin, of righteousness and judgment, that we might repent. And that's kind of what that is all about in John chapter 16, verse 10 and 11. Then he says he leads us into all truth as we learn, as he declares to us the things of Jesus. And Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. When we confess Jesus is Lord, then we're saved. He helps us to see God. And then, lastly, the Spirit comes upon us, baptizing us, of course, Acts chapter 1, that we might be empowered to be witnesses to Jesus, that through us, he might testify to the world concerning himself. Now, although the spiritual gifts are related to the Holy Spirit's last job, empowering us, we are empowered to use the gifts for two purposes. One is that we might build up the body of Christ or be a part of the body of Christ, functioning part of the body of Christ. And the other one is to be a witness to the world. And it takes the first in order to be the second. Working and everyone doing their part within the church and being the church to be a testimony to the world. Now, 1 Corinthians chapter 12 was not intended to be a, a complete list of gifts. So we're going to go through the gifts and talk about them. And then we're going to look also at Romans chapter 12 and then again at Ephesians chapter 4 and talk about those. And then we're going to look at 1 Peter chapter 4 as well when it comes to this. And so we must understand that the, the gifts of the Spirit, and this is where people get confused because I don't know how many of you guys have ever taken one of those spiritual gifts assessments. You take a spiritual gift assessment. That is not a spiritual gift assessment. What that is, is it's a preference assessment. It identifies your preferences, what I like. Because it's going to ask you questions about, I would rather sit with people or I'd rather be alone. I'd rather, you know, talk to somebody and pray. You know, and it's going to ask you a bunch of questions. It's going to outline your personality. And it's really a personality profile. And it lists out your preferences as what you really like. The gifting of the Holy Spirit is something that is oftentimes contrary to your nature. Now, those things could identify a gift that you have, but you have to remember that the manifestation of the Holy Spirit is supernatural. And so you may be the quietest, most introverted person in the world, and then all of a sudden, the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and you stand up and you become this evangelist and start talking. That was kind of my experience. I was introverted, quite never wanted to... Uh, there's no way I'd ever get up on a stage in front of people let alone the amount of people that come on like a Sunday, that would flip me out. You know, or going to speak in front of a thousand people or something like that, I would just, I would crawl into a hole and die. But the Holy Spirit gave me this gift so that now I can do that. Thanks again for listening to Abide in Truth with Pastor Mike Hughes. If you would like a copy of today's sermon in its entirety, call us at 208-365-0991 or send us a text at 208 208- 991-2756. Be sure to mention today's date. You can also listen to Pastor Mike's latest message on our website at ccemmett.org. And don't forget to search for Calvary Chapel Emmett on iTunes and YouTube. Remember to hit subscribe when you're there. Thanks again for listening, and remember, always abide in truth. Until next time, God bless. Abide in Truth is a radio outreach ministry of Calvary Chapel in Emmett, Idaho.
Calvary Chapel of Emmett would like to invite you to watch our services live on Facebook. You can watch us every Sunday morning at 8.30 or 10.30. Just go to our page, Calvary Chapel of Emmett, and scroll down for the live service. It is an interactive experience. While on our page, feel free to watch previous Sundays as well. So join Calvary Chapel Emmett Sunday morning at 8.30 or 10.30 on Facebook. We look forward to seeing you. Calvary Chapel of Emmett would like to offer you a free gift for joining us today. Right Now Media. Right Now Media has been called the Netflix of Christian Bible studies. With over 30,000 Bible studies and discipleship videos, there's even tons of Christian cartoons for the kids. To get your free account to Right Now Media, just visit our website at ccemmett.org forward slash right now. That's ccemmett.org forward slash right now. And God bless you.